live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hello, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A., we have been friends for over a decade, and each week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. <laughs> What's up? How are you? Oh, my God. Today has been so busy, which is probably like a normal day in anybody else's life, but yeah. I'm not used I, to I busy had to days. wake up in the morning, and it's like already nighttime, and I haven't gone to bed yet. I know. I just had all these projects due, and I'm running around, and it's just it, it flew by. Like so, so do days just fly by for you? No, it's, I mean it depends, but not necessarily. Ugh, so busy today. <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, you can tell by uh, for those of you that don't know, there's a few friends. Uh, Mike and I have a few friends, and we just message each other all day. I was pretty quiet today for me, at least. Yeah. Well, I worked from home today, and it was what. Just, no, like I, I had to work, work. It wasn't like I could have podcasted. Oh, uh, okay. Because when I work at home, I work at home, Joey. I really work, always. I never have time to podcast during the day while I'm working at home. No, why, why? I, I didn't say that you would. I was just saying, like, oh my god, I can't believe you were at home. <laughs> so, Joey, last Friday, um, oh, by the way, I had a birthday. I had a really good birthday, by the way. One of the better birthdays I've ever had. Yes, because as I mentioned on the show last week, I kn- I've known you for a very long time, and you do not like to celebrate your birthday. Well, I don't like, like, the everybody buy me a shot or it's my birthday, so I should get free dessert kind of bullshit. Um, but I hung out with Steve. We went to a bar, and we walked around, had ate at a restaurant. Um, it's just a really good birthday, mellow. And then Saturday we hung out again, went to the zoo to celebrate the birthday. And then Sunday a bunch of um, podcasting folks came to town. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, Friday I went to the local gay bar with my roommate Mario. Um, kind of to celebrate the, the birthday. The white horse? Yeah, the white horse, just to hang out. And the idea was that we were going to go get a few beers, that was that. And when we got there, my, Mario and I are sitting there drinking, right? And this guy comes in and catches Mario's eye. And um, the dude was surrounded by friends. Seriously, Joe, though, I felt like I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, We sat there and he, like, stared at the guy forever. Now, let me ask you a question before you go on. Forever. Before you go on. In your opinion, on a scale of 1 to 10, what was this guy? Well, that's not the point of the story. That's okay. (laughs) On my scale or his scale? scale, On your scale, because clearly he was a 10 on Mario's scale. Yeah, on my scale, he... I would say a six. Okay. But we, we have not just, it's not even like different scales. Like we have different criteria for the scale. He's the of this story. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm going to bleep that name out, but. I don't even get the joke. It's a person that we're talking about that a lot of people think is hot, but I'm like, he's very whatever. I don't get the whole oh, okay. fascination. Uh, so it was, I mean, it was fun though, but we were sitting Would there Would I have thought he's hot? Yeah, maybe. Okay. I think you would have said maybe about the same score as me. Okay. He, I mean, he's he was an attractive man. Don't get me wrong. Well, look, six is above average. So the the problem that we had, well, first, Mario's kind of timid. He is? When it comes to approaching people at a bar, I think so, yeah. I've met this Mario. He didn't seem very timid. You could see him just walking up to someone at the bar? He kind of reminds me of, I'm going to sound weird, of like Isaac Mizrahi. No. I love high school strategy. <laughs> <laughs> um, really? There's something about him that makes me think um, Isaac Mizrahi. I feel like Isaac Mizrahi would walk up to anyone at a bar. Yeah. Um, that's so why I thought Mario would walk up to this guy, yeah. Well, so there's the problem of being timid, but also the, another problem is that if there's a group of people 
like five friends all talking. You can't just walk up and say to one person, hey, mister, I want to buy you a drink. Come talk to me. Do you know? It's like a little bit intimidating and weird when it's all their friends, you know, in a group. Yes. Tell me about it. So for like an hour, we sat in this place and we were sitting in such a way so that this dude would eventually have to walk by. Eventually, he so would the, go to the bathroom. So there was no indication us. that Mario had caught this guy's eye. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Um, eventually, this dude would have to go to the bathroom and walk by us. Or eventually, he would have to go to the bar and he would walk by us, right? And so Mario created a plan. And when he walked by us, Mario was going to wave him over. Easy. A little small talk. Maybe offer to buy him a drink. Whatever. Okay? And the night progresses. And I'm an old man. I just had a birthday. I'm 34. And I'm not staying at the bar all night waiting for this. So I'm getting tired and like in my head trying to figure out how I can get out of this. Because I offered to stay. But it's it's like over an hour now where we're just waiting for this dude to walk by. So um, I'm really thinking like we I might have to abort this mission. And then finally I see the dude walking towards us, right? He's alone. Perfect. Sure. It's perfect. It's perfect. So I say something like, here he comes, Mario. And the guy walks towards our table, and then the guy walks by me, and then the guy walks by Mario, and then the guy walks straight out to the patio, and Mario did nothing, Joe. Nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, what Before the, the fuck? the parade passes by. <laughs> the parade passed by. <laughs> the parade um, passed by, went around the corner. Yeah. He uh, went on a date with uh, uh, the girl from the hat shop. Yeah. And it wasn't – that was the dumbest joke. We were searching um, that Hello Dolly reference yeah. very far. Yeah. So whatever. I'm like, what the fuck? And he was like, I just couldn't do it. So we get another drink and stand outside on the patio kind of near the dude. Mm-hmm. And in, in my head, I'm thinking like, how can I bail? Like I'm yeah. like ready to, to get this over with. Final, so we're sitting outside and then finally the guy goes to the bar alone. So I say something like, go do, do it. Do it. And in my head, I was like, I'm out of here if this doesn't happen, right? So Mario goes to the the line at the bar and they talk. Mario buys him a drink. And then Joey, the heavens parted, sunshine shined down, all is right in the world. They talk for a long time. And I end up leaving the bar and they end up hitting it off and like exchanging numbers and like super positive. Does that ever happen in real life? No. People meet well, right. at, people meet in bars still? I don't know. People still meet in bars? I don't know. It's so weird. So that that story's kind of anticlimactic because you kind of think that it's gonna end in a negative way because of all yeah. the negative buildup. No, it's fine. I leave alone. I'm like, all right, gentlemen, good night. <laughs> that's that. Wait, have you seen this guy walking around your place? No, that that's not my story to tell, but I would not I would not tell you that I saw him Friday night, Saturday morning, and Sunday night. But wow. if it was my story, I would tell you. That. I need so. I need to get tips from this Mario. Mm, he could take tips from you too. Well, let me ask you this question: Have you ever hit on somebody at a bar? Yeah, of course, of course. But I don't think that I've ever, in the history of my life, ever found somebody like long term stranger at the bar. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, huh? Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, you took a guy home from the. the yeah, what are you talking about? The guy stole your underwear and all that nonsense. Yeah, I've taken people home from a bar, but never somebody that I was like, "Oh, I want to date that." Guy. Oh, oh, that. Oh, this is the way Mario sees this guy. He wants to date him. Yeah, I think that's his more of his style than anything else. Oh, interesting. So, ah. What's up with you? Um, so I have this cousin Richard. Right, he's a week younger than me, and he's gay. And he fashions himself a writer, a poet. He's self-published some books on Amazon. If you want to find them, look up his name, Richard Villegas Jr. I don't know the names of them. And so, you know, he's a writer. He, he, he want, you know, that's how, that's how he views himself. Uh, along with Instagram model, uh, cultural historian of East LA, and um, elementary school teacher. So anyway, um, he has this reading, and if, and if you remember, I promoted it on the show last week, and I said, "Do oh, any right, list, right. do any listeners want to show up?" And I even specifically said Nico Martinez, because mm-hmm. uh, I knew he lived in Los Angeles, 
And I was just sort of half kidding. I, I was going to be surprised if anybody actually showed up. Okay. So I drive over to Echo Park. It's where the, the um, reading was at this small bookstore. And I show up. And I don't see Richard anywhere around the bookstore. <laughs> but I run into Nico Martinez. Oh, I hope Richard shows up. So <laughs> Nico Martinez is at the at the bookstore. And I was like, oh, my God, Nico Martinez. How nice. You thought it was so nice of Nico Martinez. He was telling me that, you know, he, he was listening to the show during the day, like in the afternoon. Oh, that very day. That very day. And he just happened to listen to it like that oh, day. Nice. And he was like, you know what? Um, his husband had something going on that night. And so he's like, I'm going to go. So he went. So uh, we're sitting there and the guy, like, we weren't there that long. And then the guy, the guy who runs the, the reading, he's like, okay, we're going to start this thing now. It's called Homocentric was the name had, of the reading. Has Richard showed up by this point? And then the guy goes, um, yeah, we have some really good readers today. And um, the first, we have Rich Viegas Jr. And then he names the other people. And he goes, um, so we're going to start off with Rich Viegas Jr. Um, and he gives like this whole bio of Richard and how he met him and how talented he is. And he goes, has anyone seen Richard? Oh, no. And someone goes, oh, maybe he's in the bookstore. Let me go look. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then, of course, in my head, because I'm such a fatalist, I'm like, he's dead. <laughs> I was thinking, he's late. He's not, he's, you know, still finding parking or something. Yeah. He's outside waiting for someone with an extra ticket. And uh, he, well, he's dead. He's, he's spread out somewhere dead. And so I text him, like, where are you? No response. So the guy goes, um, okay, well, I guess uh, we'll start the reading. Okay. <gasps> yeah. And you should have just stood up and walked to the mic. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. Wouldn't have been great. I'm like, hi, everybody. I'm Richard Vegas. And uh -huh. just like done some sort of reading. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't think it was a poetry reading. I think it was just a reading. But there was poetry read. And you and I, I think, both share a hatred for poetry readings. They make me uncomfortable. Like spoken word. Uh, poetry reading is different than like spoken word artists, though. Spoken word is what makes me uncomfortable. So this woman gets up. Uh, she's also self-published a book, uh, but she's gonna read an. Uh, she's gonna read something of hers. So um, why don't you click the file? Oh, you recorded it. Yeah, new recording. That's what you to, sent. New recording too. Okay, starting it now. Spartan, Trojan, Hannibal, Africa Magnum, Champouis Arms, Rex Artisan Rifle. Gendarmerie Musketoon, Mondragon <laughs> Automatico, Porfirio Diaz. I'm front row, rifle. by the way. <laughs> Nuva Caro, Durango Amarillo, Conquista USA, Frontier In the front row. Rifle, Cattleman Birdshead, Rawhide, <laughs> Mohawk Brown, Buckskinner Carbine, Papoose Stainless Rifle, Dixie Confederate Carbine, Antietam Sharps, Harper's Ferry Rifle. She basically reminds me of the people that would come speak at city council meetings. Like <laughs> the words make no sense put together, but they're all they're all real words. We know all those words. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tip my hand here a little bit. Afterwards, I was talking to Nico Martinez, and I was, you know, I was trying to talk to him the way I talked to you, and he goes, "Oh, I actually like that." Oh no! Oh, really? Yeah, oh yeah, Nico Martinez loved it. Do you think he didn't want to offend? Like he wasn't he gonna thought, offend me. Yeah, I know that's true. I told him I go. Oh, that was horrible. Nico's also Nico. Also, he's in one of the group texts that we do. Yeah, and I feel like he's like the politest person because, like, I don't know, Joey Buhucker will spell a word wrong and we'll all make fun of him for thirty minutes. Where. Nico Martinez is, like, very polite and would never do that sort of thing. No, he never participates in that. You're right. So maybe that's one of the – but maybe he really did like it, too. Maybe – you know what, Joe? Maybe you and I don't get it. Maybe we just don't get it. Yeah, maybe we just don't get it. Maybe I just – I mean, there are people who get – the people there seem to like this. Yeah. So whatever. Bla Black Ops, Candy Stripe. Just so you know, by the way, I cut it down to a minute. It was, like, eight minutes long. <laughs> did, were you, did you laugh? 
No, Mike, I was in the front. I was in the very, it was like a little coffee house patio. I was in the front table. It's the only one left. And Nico and I were in like the front coffee house table, like right in front of the microphone. She, I think I would have to excuse myself. She is maybe three feet from me. That's why the sound quality is so good. I think I would have to excuse myself. No, it's I was that funny. I know. I just well, what I do. I just think of like horrible things. Like I imagine like listening to like a, what someone called lies episode or something, and then it just I get a stone face. So yeah, you're gonna be on what someone called lies <laughs> this week though. So it'll be a good one. It's gonna be the second best episode ever. I feel like the death of Ernie Chavez or whatever is the best episode. You, did, did you really like that one? I've never heard it. I want to listen oh. to it though. Okay, so there. Then, so literally, as she's wrapping up her eight-minute poem, Richard comes running in. Yeah, like hello, hello, hello. Uh, turns out Richard was in front of the bookstore the whole time, and it wasn't until he looked at his phone and saw my text that he realized everything had started. Because the guy had told him like, "Oh, we'll start whenever," and he bumped into somebody he knew on the street, and so uh. he was talking to that guy, and uh, that's why he was late. So anyway, he, the guy brings up Richard next. Okay, and I'm gonna say actually, Richard wasn't bad. I didn't. Re- I recorded Richard, but I didn't put it in here. It was just like he read some poem and he read uh, a story, right? The other woman read a story too. So he read a story and he read some poem and it was fine and you know whatever. Nico really liked that too. Then they bring up the third guy. They're saving this guy for last, right? Because I guess somebody died. I don't know. Somebody they all knew died. Everyone knew this who this guy was. Okay. So they bring up this guy, Jason. And it's one of these things where it's like the L.A. writing theater community. You know, so this guy is basically like the Joey Boohecker. You know how Joey Boohecker is in Pride for Well, I think people, some of that people like, I guess. It's kind of like, you know, okay, you know how Pride 48 people like Daniel Brewer? Mm-hmm. It was like that. Like, this is like Daniel Brewer was there. And they're like, we're going to bring up Jason. You know, and he's going to talk about X person who died. I don't know who, but everyone's like, oh, yeah, he died. And uh, he's going to do something. So Jason gets up there. The guy was on for 15 minutes. Mike Lawson, I'm going to say the first 10 minutes where I guess it supposed to be some sort of eulogy. But they were really about Jason just made it about himself. Okay. You know, he'd be like um, Don. Let's say his name was Don. Don was a really... Uh, really smart man, a really intelligent man. Like he would go to my plays and tell me how awesome they were. And he would say, Jason, you're so amazing. And he would really encourage me. He's always positive and always telling me like, you're so amazing, Jason. You're, you deserve more. And I was just like, uh, for 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> and then he goes, and here's my tribute. And can you please now play the next track? Okay, here we go. This is also a minute or so. It's morning, Jesus, and here's that light and sound all over again. My brain keeps whirring with thoughts and it won't turn off. I've got to move fast, but I don't feel like it. Time has stopped and time is running out. I'm nowhere and I couldn't care less. Am I on the moon? Am I on the earth? Am I even here at all? Oh, come over here where I don't want you to come. Are you running with me, Jesus? Where's Jesus? I need you I by my I don't, I don't side. Know. And then, have you gotten to the part with the airplane yet? No. Oh, they keep seeing that you hear an airplane it's super loud go over a helicopter or something. I'm a captive to it's a helicopter myself, coming. Yeah, I hear it coming. And I'm lonely <laughs> as hell. I don't feel strong enough, but only time will. And again. And then, Again. And when it's over, Nico's like, I really want to buy his album on iTunes. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something. Actually, that's actually one thing Nico and I did bond on was going to a poetry reading. Like, it's funny to listen to now, and it was funny then. But when you're hearing, like, poetry and reading, you know, and spoken word for 45 minutes, someone singing is sort of like a welcome, like, surprise. Uh-huh. So I actually was very entertained during the third. I didn't like I well I also was entertained cuz the guy was did like Did he write that song? Well, yeah. So well he didn't write the words. So what it was was the guy took some thing that the that the dead man had written and put it to music, mm-hmm. right? 
He goes, um, yeah, I wrote this song under a tree in uh, Central Park in New York. And uh, I'm going to sing it for you guys today. And anyway, but you can tell it's just like, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to, I'm literally just going to grab, I have a book right here. I'm just going to grab it right now. And basically, you know, can tell what the guy was. Miracles happen, and it's about time they happen to you. Achieve your goals more easily with less effort. Become happier, healthier, and more prosperous. Discover your passion and highest purpose for being. Like, I could, I could do that. I just did it. I just did it. How did he write this song? <laughs> you... You sounded exactly like him. Yeah. That was dead on. Yeah, I should have gone up after him and go, like, I wrote a song, too. And then just read, like, the the menu from yeah. the coffee house. You're at a bookstore. Just pick any book. Yeah. I would have been, You're, like, like all instead of reading, like, the, the the Firm by John Grisham. Devoted fans of Diana Kennedy's classic cookbooks. Long their constant companions in the kitchen. Well, welcome the new features of this compilation. Okay, so um, so poetry you're... ends. It ends. It's just a three people thing ends. Right? Oh, that was it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thank God, it was only like an hour. So then afterwards, you know, Richard's, you know, mingling. So I turn to this Nico Martinez and I go, "Hey, have you, have you eaten dinner?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "No," and I go. There's a taco truck I've been wanting to try in this area. I figured I'd go. We'd go after this. Nico Martinez laughed so hard when I suggested this. Why? I don't know. I ever never got an answer to that. I think if I had to guess, it would be it's like you show up to an event where Richard is reading, and then Joe Batanz turns to you and says, "Do you want to go to a taco truck?" I and I'm something is just like it's such a like catching up thing to happen i don't know oh, if I... I guess i guess so you are doing a lot of taco trucks yeah you just thought that was funny yeah so anyway we go we go so we walk the, the taco truck is like maybe like half a mile away so richard nico and i are walking and we pass by this mike lawson it was an empty art gallery empty with some art in the wall and then just like a, a, a solitary guy just sitting in a chair and I could even tell from the street that he was hot. Okay. So I go, let's go in this art gallery. <laughs> and Richard's like, can we just go get the tacos? I'm like, I just want to see what this art is. Uh-huh. So we go in there. And all of a sudden now, I'm super interested in the art. It's like literally like a light bulb. Like on a yeah. like on a, like a lamp. I'm all, I'm all, oh, look at this art. He's like, uh, sir, that's a lamp. You know, yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> is this for sale? Yeah. I'm what like, is uh... this? <laughs> and, and so, anyway, of course, I'm Joe Batanz 2000 in this art museum. Richard and Nico drag me out of there. And Nico tells Richard, she goes, like, wow, I actually got to see Joe flirting with somebody. I've heard about this on the show. And I actually got to see it in real life. I go, there you go. Yeah. And so, we go to this taco truck and we order our tacos. I posted a picture. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was us at that taco truck. And, of course, then there was some cute guys from a band there. And so I was chatting them up. And they are like, Mike, they're probably 24. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're in this band. I'm, like, looking up the band. I'm like, oh, wow. You guys have a Facebook page. And um, <laughs> and I'm telling you, I would have hated this taco truck. There were no tables and no chairs. If you remember, Oh, by the way. No windows Mike. and no doors. Um, is upset with us because we don't call him friend of the show. Where no, when we meant okay, everybody listening from the podcast, he is the one that won the contest and he got his own show. He was very upset that we didn't say his name. That he was the one that won the show. That we just said a listener. I heard about this all week. Anyway, we, we there was no chairs at this taco truck. It was in Avon's parking lot. And then we went home. And uh, But that was the Richard's Poetry Reading. What's going on with you in the Bay Area? Uh, that sounds fun. Um, Joey, well, I mentioned it earlier. A group of podcasting folks showed up in San Francisco. Um, I, should, I should bleep his name out. What? <laughs> 
<laughs> like keep it in, but then just leave his name out. Um, Joey, we had a, a kind of a group of uh, catching up um, f- uh, listeners, friends of mine, uh, people that do their own shows, some listeners, all kind of converge in San Francisco. Um, uh, friend of the show, uh, Tim, who lives in Alaska. You yeah, remember him? You Tim met him in Alaska, in- yeah. Um, he was in San Francisco. His uh, husband was here for uh, a work, something work related. So he arranged for all of us to go see Dame Edna, mm-hmm. who was doing. Um, it was her final day of her farewell tour in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I'll just tell you, the show was very meh to me, very meh. Oh, really? Yeah, that's kind of what I heard. I was I was dying to see her in L.A. I'd seen her years before, and my God, she fucking just destroyed it, right? Yeah, but. Some friends had seen her because she was in LA for like six weeks, mm-hmm. and some so for some friends went early on. and They were like, "Meh." Yeah, it just was very. Well, it was very mean, but that's kind of the humor that yeah. she does. But it was just very. Um, I don't know. I, I I didn't like laugh out loud, but twice maybe. Well, because people aren't allowed to laugh out loud when you go with you. They can. So anyway, um, it was good. Really good company though. We had uh, a really good uh, brunch beforehand. And then afterward, uh, a group of us, um, just a couple of the guys, went to this sex store. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go on to that, I have an important question. Yeah. Did my name come up at all? Uh, probably not. No. Okay. Go on. Um, a group of us went to this sex store called Mr. S. Leather. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, in San Francisco. It's kind of um, – I wouldn't call it well-known, but I think people who know sex stores certainly know Mr. S. Leather. And um, so what was funny about it, though, was we arrived in two separate groups at the sex store. It's kind of a long story. There was like it's – a, it's a long story. But um, Scott and Jay were already in the store when me and Tom walked in. Now, friend of the show, Jay, uh, you know Jay. He's blind. Mm-hmm. And when I walk over, there's this like large wall of dildos. And as I walk up, you should Scott- have taken to uh, You should have taken blind guy Jay to uh- – Bed Bath and Beyond, and like told him that was a sex store, <laughs> and he's like, so he had like an egg beater, and he's like, wow, what do you, what do you do with this? <laughs> uh, he would have known by the smell that it wasn't the right place. Okay, but we walk over to this wall of dildos, and Scott is just giving Jay a fucking tour of the dildos. It was the best moment of easily 2015 for me. I just loved it. Scott was describing in great deal detail all of the deal di- the dildos but they also this place has like probably i would say on this one wall i would guess like 60 different sh- models right different different types of dildos they had like traditional but then they had a lot of non-traditional shapes like i don't even really see the purpose of some of them but they had like may- maybe i'm naive but they had um like all shapes and sizes like long and skinny and then fat and short and then everything you could think of but then they also had just like to me they look like alien wieners or something like did they have stroller handles weird shape they had probably something very similar to what the story you're referencing sure Hmm. sure i gotta take i gotta take you know who there (laughs) to get another stroller handle but joey i bought a jock strap is (laughs) is that weird I don't really know why. I've never, I've never have you worn, worn it. No, you've not put it on yet. I have not. No. Did Steve go I've... to Dame Edna with you? No, he didn't. No. So no one met Steve. Uh, no, nobody met Steve. So he may still be a figment of my imagination. Now let me ask you this question, and be honest. Yeah. Steve Steve's not going to listen to this episode. Steve, stop listening. He listens to every episode. Steve, don't listen to this part. Has Steve asked you, has Steve expressed a desire to see you in a jockstrap? No, never. Mm-mm. Is that, that's what's so weird about it. I just saw it and I was like, this is kind of cool. So I bought one. I think they're kind of hot. I've never worn one in my life. Like I never played sports where I needed to wear one. I, I don't, I, I, you know, that same person that likes the stroller handles. He loves jockstraps and oh. uh, they don't do it for me. He's a sports person too, though. Yeah, he is. So that might be connected to like the hot guys that he he like does sports with. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but it was a good time. I think oh, just the company was worth it alone. 
Um, we then and my name didn't and come up, to... huh? Well, I'm sure it did, but like you're gonna demand I tell you every time it came up in the story and who said it, and I don't know any of those, so I'm just gonna say it didn't come up. Oh. So what else with you? Anything else? These are two very short stories. They're not like the last story. That's why I put them together. One, uh, Mike and I have this friend named James Fletcher. He's in a band. Yeah, and... I wouldn't call him my friend, though. Oh, do you have a problem well, with mean, him? I... Yeah, I hate his guts. No, I haven't seen him in like 15 years. <laughs> oh. Anyway, he's in this band. And uh, and I know every all I, everybody – well, I, I'm jumping ahead. He's in this band. And they were playing at the restaurant where Cameron works, friend of the show and all-around train wreck Cameron works at this restaurant. He's a waiter. So I was like, you know what? Uh, I can see Cameron. I can see James Fletcher and his band. And uh, I'm going to go do this, right? I've, I've known about this for weeks. I even, I even said I was going on the show. And then the day of the performance, um, I, I happened to be talking to James Fletcher about something else. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we're going to go up early, man. I'm like, oh, good. I have to work the next day. He's like, yeah, we're going to do two sets. We're going to do one at 11 and one at like 1230. And I was like, what? That's not early. I was like, what? <laughs> but then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go early. And I'll just leave before the show. I've seen their show before. Yeah. Right? I feel like he is older than you, too. He right? is. He is. But I feel like this sounds like something a young, really young person would say. Or a person who is in a it's band. It's going to be. It's going to be so early, 11 p.m. Yeah. So then, well, I will say that the last show I went to, they didn't even start till 1230. So I guess it was early for them. Yeah. So then on, I, then around like 4 p.m., I'm like, wait a minute. I don't know anybody going to this. Like everybody that I know is, uh, is in the babies to sleep. Is, no, it, that or is in the <laughs> band. Right? So I'm like, yeah. I'm going to try and rally for people to go with me. Cool. Everybody, you're right. Everybody I message either never responds or is like, uh, I'm going to bed. Right. Right? And I was like, oh, fuck. And so I was like, I'm not going to go. And then Cameron lays it on me. He goes, come on, just go. Don't be such an old man. Right? Did Was Cameron going or was he well, working? Well, Cameron, he was working. Yeah. Okay. He don't be such an old man. I'm like, so of course, that's what gets me. Yeah. So I... Get all dolled up, and I drive over to this restaurant, and then I realize, and then the way Cameron's restaurant works, it's set up for like large groups or like people, like tables of four or bigger. Mm -hmm. But there's no place for like one or two people to sit. Uh huh. So I'm like just standing around a restaurant like a lunatic. I don't know anybody. They're not the band. They're not even there. They're not going up to eleven. I'm there at eight thirty. So, what would you do in that case? I would have not showed up. <laughs> Mike, I was e Easily. I was there less than 10 minutes. You just left? I left. But you said hello, so they knew you were there? They weren't there yet. <gasps> Cameron saw you? Yes. Did Cameron see you leave? No. You just took off? Just took off. I could see myself doing that, but... And then I drove home, and actually, it turned out to be a really great night because I got home, and as soon as I got home, friend of the show and not listener Jonathan called me, super drunk. Okay, he's on the East Coast. It was just like it was like this really weird drunken phone call, but it was it was very amusing to me. It was so amusing to me, and that I was on the phone with him all night, him being drunk. Part two. Yesterday, I went to go see a play with a friend of the show, Paul. Remember Paul? And we went to go see an Arthur Miller play, and it was great. I thought it was going to be horrible. And it was great. But the reason I bring it up is I don't really go to live theater a lot. Uh, and, it, and if I do, they're musicals. This was like a straight, legit play. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how these actors put up with it, man. Why can't people sit? I'm going to sound like you now. Why can't people <laughs> sit in a goddamn theater and not cough? Or no, opening, opening candies. I Candies is annoying, but I do feel like coughing you can't get mad about. I would never get mad at somebody for coughing. Here's what you do. If you go to the theater, all right, I've been one time. I figured it out. You take uh, these lozenges with you, some cough drops, in case you get a coughing fit. Yeah, but you just said you can't open them, though. Well, you can open them. I'd rather have that than the person like, Mike, it was literally <laughs> like... <coughs> the, same per the same person? But then, yeah, all over the theater. Because you know everybody there is 
like 80 years old because mike i watched a video about what the play was about before i went uh-huh and the, the actress was like this is a play that like i think you have to really be in your 50s and 60s to get it and what was like, it about it's a very simple premise it's a it's a this these two brothers show up to no yeah to, to sell off the furniture in their dead parents house but then all the secrets come out when that happens it it actually was really good. I was really really worried, but it, it all it, the secrets come out. Yeah, I was actually really worried, but it, it, you really oh this Arthur Miller was good. It yeah, was, it was a really 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 good play. I was actually like blown away by how good it was. So uh yeah, that was it. So people can't be quiet in the theater, and I left. I was home. I was home in my pajamas by nine. It's funny. I actually give more leniency to coughing than you do like i feel like that person isn't always doing that like they they're sick or whatever and that's why they're it's happening this time yet i i I clap or i laugh in a in something and you were like slapping me nah that's never happened we i mean we've told this actual story so many times that it's silly what's going on in the bay area mike lawson um joey there's a story you may i don't know it's been so much in the news over here that <clears throat> I feel like maybe you've even, you've even read about it, but I'm not sure. Um, the San Francisco Catholic Archdiocese is not doing themselves any favors PR-wise lately. Um, there's this story that's showing that at uh, St. Mary's Cathedral, they have these, I don't even, like sprinklers, I guess, installed. Uh, in the all of the walkways of the church that basically pours water from a hole in the ceiling about 30 feet above that drenches the alcove and anyone hiding or anyone in it and the reason this is kind of shitty is because the alcove is a perfect place for homeless people to sleep so these waters this water system was installed to get the homeless people not to sleep there to deter homeless people from sleeping there um Super, super Christian of them. Um, and I was curious what you thought about that. I'm going to tell you what this thing is. It's shitty for them to do that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I did see it in the news. And, you know, I thought the whole time, like, once this pope hears about this, he's going to be really pissed off. Yeah. that's uh, Probably. I mean, but this, they, yeah, this guy is like a guy like somebody gave him like a car. I'm, I'm getting – I might be mixing up stories here. But I know that – I think what happened was somebody gave him a car and he sold the car. And then, without telling anybody, went around and used the money. Either he just gave it directly, he like went incognito into like the Vatican and like gave it to the homeless, or like bought him blankets or something. Really? This, this, yeah, oh yeah, this pope is super pro poor. He's a Jesuit. Yeah. They're they're super super into like the poor. So once this pope uh, Francis hears about this, there's gonna be some heads rolling. I hope so, cause it's really shitty. Like it. it the story actually makes me very angry, but like I do, I have a weird kind of feeling about homelessness because like I, I do understand like how it could be inconvenient. Like if this was a business and they want, you know, people to be able to get into their business, that's one thing. Yeah. But the but Catholic like church, the Catholic their business church, is the poor. Yeah. The business is to help people. You're right. Yeah. And we, Joey, um, this is uh we're in a drought. Like the worst drought of all time, and they're yeah. just pouring pouring water on people to get them to move. Look, uh, but I, uh, I have another story that's related to this that I wanted to. Oh, make. sure, go ahead. It's from 2013, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of relevant. Saint Boniface Church in San Francisco mm-hmm. is uh, another Catholic church up here, um, but Joey. When they don't have mass going on, uh, be in in the normal days, seven, I'm sorry, six a.m. to one p.m. So like breakfast time to lunch time, right? They open their doors, they let people shower there, and they let them sleep in the pews. So if you need to take a nap or whatever, like their doors are always open for you, and they have they always have um, services going. So if you just need to clean up or whatever, see, that's what they're supposed to be doing. I yeah, know, and I'll bet you. Yeah, I will bet you nobody sleeps in their their walkways either. No, right? Because they sleep during the they when they can at the pews. There's a weird thing going on in the Catholic Church right now where, and I don't think they like this Pope Francis, but basically there was a a lot of people got real comfortable there at that church, and he's going in there and he's 
kicking ass and taking names. But it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. You know, a lot of people just think a church, but there are more. There's probably like three or four times more Catholics in the world than there are people in the in the United States. So, uh, the, you know, it, it, it's a tough ship to write. You know, but uh, yeah. God bless him. He's trying to do it. But hopefully, he comes down on this. Uh, uh, could you remember the story? There was some really high-ranking cardinal in the Vatican, really high-ranking, under several popes, right? And this guy, or like a bishop in Germany or something like that, right? No, I think a cardinal in Germany. And he built himself like this like multi-multi-million dollar house, right? And he did all this crazy shit. This, this pope came in there. He fires him. Fires him. Sends him packing. Mm-hmm. This pope doesn't take shit. Did you see that? Good. Did you see that video of that guy handing the Pope a pizza? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I don't really. Why would he just take it? Like, isn't the Pope a pretty big target that he wouldn't just? You can just run up to the Pope mobile and it'll take something. That's this Pope is like that. This Pope is like that. They, they, they're like the security doesn't know what to do. He likes to be with the people. And look, Mike, someone's offering you a free pizza. Yeah. <laughs> But he's the Pope. He can get someone to make him a pizza for... He's not paying for it. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a long drive. I'm sure he got a little hungry. And there's no such thing as a free pizza. Oh, so you know that this that this pizza guy in, in Italy already has posters made and everything of him handing the, the, pizza, oh, yeah. the pizza to a Pope. <laughs> That's going to be like lore that goes into that guy's family for de- for generations. They're going to name What's the pizza up in place LA? Pope Pizza. What? What's up in L.A.? Any stories? <clears throat> Yeah, let me read it. <laughs> Mexican pro wrestling. You say that as a joke. No, I'm but not. Right I'm before not we, as a joke. right before we hit record, you're like, "Oh shit, I forgot to read my." <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Mexican pro wrestling star Perro Aguayo Jr. dies at 35 after a match with Rey Mysterio Jr. Mexican pro wrestling star Perro Aguayo Jr. has died after a match last night in Tijuana with Rey Mysterio Jr. According to the AAA wrestling organization, Aguayo was 35 years old. Um, let's see what else happened. He apparently hurt him. <laughs> let's see. What does this story say here? Apparently, he hurt himself on the wrestling ring's ropes while getting ready to take one of Mysterio's signature moves, the 619. It appears to have been a freak accident. Others believe that Awayo had suffered a concussion and would be fine, the observer reports, but he died at a Tijuana hospital. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't trust these Tijuana hospitals. He could have gone in there with, like, a, a paper cut and died. So, <clears throat> in the video, they show, like, him, like, hanging over the ropes. Like, he didn't, like, did he knock out or did he, like, just hurt himself and then that injury had killed him? They don't know. That's what they're, they're trying to figure that out because oh. I don't know. What else does the story say? And he has blood in his eyes. Where have you seen this video? It's on YouTube. Oh. It's really kind of hard to watch. Yeah, and he has his hands up to his throat, and he's saying, I'm choking, help. Yeah. I thought he's not doing that part. But I feel like, does his, um, um, the people he was wrestling with, they're not, like, at fault at all, would you say? No, I don't think so, but you never know. What if it was, like, a whole conspiracy to kill him? That would be a. What if this is all he, wrestling is so fake? What if this is fake? What if he's not really dead? He could like I'm back, and he comes running up the, the the thing with a chair, and he hits the guy in the head. What if this story is used in as evidence for wrestling being uh, real from here on out? Well, so everyone's gonna say wrestling is fake, but now everyone's gonna say ah ah, Pedro Aguayo Jr. Well, you know, there have been another more stories that people don't realize that it, even though it's fake, uh, wrestling is very, very athletic. Uh, that what they oh, do yeah. and is uh, actually you have to be really, really athletic and skilled to do what they do because a lot of the times, so it's fake. But what the what the the guy who puts on the match, unless it's like a really, really, really big event like at WrestleMania or something, is he just says like, "Oh, look, you're gonna, uh, you know, Tony here is gonna win." Right. But then they have to choreograph the whole thing and they usually do it, the good ones, while they're in the ring. Mm. And so, that, well, if you think about it, like falling is much easier than falling and not hurting yourself. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I do get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you ever hear like video, they'll be like, okay, now I'm going to throw you against the ropes. They say it like not so it, can be, so it can't be heard. And they like say, okay, I'm going to throw you against the ropes now. You know, now I'm going to do this. So, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, this guy's dead. Have you ever been to any kind of wrestling match, Mike Lawson? Were you ever into wrestling? Never. 
Uh, my I had cousins that really liked it growing up, and I kind of hated it ever since then. I was super yeah. into it when I was a kid, but I was into it when I, you know, I was really into like the Iron Sheik and uh, King Kong Bundy and Hulk mm-hmm. Hogan. Andy Kaufman. Andre the Giant. No, he was before my time. Mm. Ted DiBiase. Not my thing. Big Sorry. John Studd. Yeah, not my thing. George the Animal Steel. Mm-mm. Jimmy Fly Super, no, Superfly Snooker. Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Did you know the George Foreman girl was originally offered to Hulk Hogan? Oh, he, the, that guy must be kicking himself in the ass, man. You think so? Oh, that George like, Foreman made so much money on that thing. And he did, George Foreman did nothing. Like well, he shot a couple of uh, infomercials. But I will say he was a better sales pitch salesman than I think Hulk Hogan would have been. I was also thinking, what if like Hulk Hogan put his name on that and then everyone thought it was a joke? Would you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, would you really, would you really buy anything that Hulk Hogan promoted? Yeah, probably not. <clears throat> Are you okay? So, um, yeah, I was drinking re- as I tried to respond. So, oh, what's going uh, on Joey? in the Bay Area? This uh, condo building in San Francisco, um, it's on the corner of Greenwich and Van Ness Avenue. Um, well, for for many people trying to buy a home in San Francisco, the lack of good parking is actually a deal breaker because you don't want to put down money and then you end up having to circle the block with your car, never be able to park or you get so many parking uh, tickets that it becomes so expensive. So... Um, this new place here. Hold on, sorry. I didn't read my article. Um, this place here, uh, it's for sale, $799,000. It's a one-bedroom apartment. Um, and it is offering with it as a perk. One of its perk perks is that you get free unlimited Uber rides for a year. So mm-hmm. although the specifics of the deal aren't clear, uh, they say that they'll just uh, throw that in. And I thought that was kind of cool, but I also thought it was kind of like a sad um, sign of like what the housing market looks like in San Francisco. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, wait, if the housing market is what you're implying, they could just be go fuck yourself. Why would they offer something? I mean, the housing market is like they're trying to get people to live there. I mean, they don't know. They probably have to. My impression would have been in San Francisco, it's so hard to find a place that they wouldn't need to offer that. Well, a lot of places offer parking spots, uh, but a parking spot could actually be worth like 200,000 bucks a year. Mm -hmm. Like you could pay that much just for a parking spot. Mm -hmm. So, and that's renting a parking spot. So instead of that, they're giving Uber. But I feel like um, somebody in the comments said like, maybe it would be a good, if this, you could scam this. You can like, have one of your friends become an Uber driver mm-hmm. and pick you up and drive you everywhere. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but also, like, uh, I was thinking, as I started thinking about it, does it mean, is it un- really unlimited or is it what limited to what they think a normal person should drive? So you get a drive in the morning and a drive in the evening or something. I wonder if there's any sort of limit. What if you're like, okay, take me to Portland. Like, there must be some sort of limit, don't you think? Yeah, I'm sure. But I feel like, like so it, like this place is almost $800,000 and no parking spot. So that this this extra perk might actually get it to sell for the price they want. I actually kind of, but you know, you say that, and I'm, I want to, I want to be like, oh, fuck themselves, right? God, I would really love to just give up my car. Because you could do oh, that yeah. in San Francisco. You know, you don't really yeah, need yeah. a car, you know, and just take the Uber dry- car rides whenever I want. Yeah, but then public the problem- transportation is really good, too. Yeah. So what happens after that year, though? Yeah, then you have to work it out, right? Yeah, but here's the know. thing. Cause- and you're ki- you're growing to become accustomed to just getting an Uber whenever you want. And then after a year, you have to pay for it all of a sudden. It's like when I worked at Starbucks, I was drinking like $30 worth of espresso a day. And I get, I got this habit. And then all of a sudden, I quit. And I was like, holy shit, I can't pay, I can't buy $30 worth of coffee every day. This ridiculous. Yeah. So. I'm Because, you know, I was, uh, there's somebody I know that I'm trying to convince him to just sell his car, you know, mm-hmm. 
it's cars really expensive. And I was like, it'd be cheaper for you because he didn't really go a lot of places. I was like, it'd be cheaper for you just like not having to pay for car insurance, not having to pay for gas. Um, it'd be cheaper for you just to get Lyft and Uber rides wherever you need to go. Yeah. San Francisco, it really does make sense to not have a car because parking is ridiculous almost everywhere. And everything is just like close enough that you don't really need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like everything you just said, it's like expensive to maintain and to pay for insurance and all of that. Yeah, so, I I actually think that sounds attractive. What else uh, in uh, in LA? Any other news stories? Okay, I'm just gonna summarize this one. Basically, uh, you know, and I'm sure they have this in San Francisco and stuff like that. But the small theater, LA theater heads say, "Screw the union. We can't afford minimum wage." So the so the actors' union here in LA is saying that they're not gonna allow these 99 seat theaters anymore. I guess what they used to do because those theaters are really poor is they used to do this thing where actors would like volunteer. There's some sort of weird thing or people who worked on the show would volunteer and they would – there was some sort of exchange, like a bartering system, okay, so that they wouldn't have to pay them because they couldn't afford to really pay them, right? So they would almost – I don't know what they were getting paid in, but they, they weren't getting paid really mm-hmm. because the theaters couldn't afford it. And even though no one's complained and the government hasn't come down on them, uh, the actor's equity, I think it is, is saying like, nope, everybody has to be paid now that they'd be paid minimum wage. So a lot of these theater companies are saying like, well, we're just going to, we're going to fail. We can't do that. So my question to you is, and Tim Robbins is quoted, cause you know, Tim Robbins runs a theater company, only a small one. He owns it called the actor's gang. Yeah. I've been there. Didn't you and I go there? I've never been. I, well, I've been there one time cause I started going to tell, I went there like a, a year or so ago with Mercedes and some people. Here's the weird thing with some Christmas show. Mm-hmm. And Tim Robbins was taking tickets. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's Tim Robbins. Why is he taking tickets? That was weird. Imagine if you showed up somewhere and uh, Morgan Freeman was selling popcorn. Mm. It was bizarre. But anyway, he was saying, like, yeah, we, we can't do this, right? Uh, the article goes into detail about, like, oh, this and that and blah, blah, blah. But the point is, my question is, do you think... Because the story, it, most of it's very, like, uh, a lot of anecdotes in the story. It's not really a lot of, like, facts. Right. So there's not much to it. So it's really like a, almost like a like a, like a feature piece. But my, my point, my question to you is, do you think that these theater companies should have to pay the people minimum wage? I think the solution is that the theater companies need to work with the union to figure out rules on so that the theaters don't have to fold, but then the union... I mean, the union is a voice of these people, right? So, I mean, because union, in some way, I mean, minimum you, wage is like a law for a reason, really. Yeah, I mean, if they, if these people are really doing work, then they should be paid. Yeah, but it's not like these small ninety-nine seat theaters are pulling in so much money that you know some guy at the top is like eating steak dinner every night because. Yeah, that's what he's, they're saying. He's pulling in all these this cash. They mentioned like, a play in there that did really well. It like sold out every night. It, it was like a hit, and still the guy who um, runs the theater company lost money, right? Because they have to pay the theater. The theater gets rent. They're not gonna. They're not taking a break, right? You know, and the solution isn't to triple the price of tickets because then nobody's coming, right? Yeah. So, so I, it's it's a challenge, but I think that. The theater companies need to not say screw the union. They need to say, let's talk union and figure out how we can figure out, you know, how you guys can be happy and we can stay in business. Some of the actors are saying what they're going to do is they're just not going to tell the union that they're doing a show until like a couple of days before opening night. And then what? Well, because I guess the thing is what they're really arguing about is like all the rehearsal that goes before the show. Okay, I guess they already get paid once the show is going. So it's the it's the I guess this bartering system or this thing they do is for the rehearsal leading up to. It. They really can't pay them for rehearsal. Oh. Like you a know? rehearsal stipend. Yeah. That doesn't equate to minimum wage. Yeah. Hmm. So. Yeah, it's tough and I feel like it, it's tough cuz like actors love the art, right? And mm-hmm. the theater companies love the art and they love putting on everything, but then they also I don't know, they have bills to pay and they yeah. have to Buy but food. It, it also gets tricky because you know there are theater companies and theaters that also take advantage of the actors. So it's like it's tough because there probably are really legit people who are like no, we're, 
I mean, for every theater company that's probably like we're barely surviving, there's probably another one. Not that they're doing super well, but they're just like, oh, great, free work, you know? So Interesting. What do you got going on next week, Joey? Um, well, actually, before I get to that, I want to talk about a couple of things. Mike Lawson, last week we um, we asked people to email us, and we actually got an email from... Um, we got a few. Oh, I only saw one. Maybe you got it. Um, Chris Casarell. Oh, I didn't get that email. Uh, Chris said, I was listening to y'all's last episode, and y'all said you wanted emails about who's listening to y'all's podcast, so here's mine. I live in Texas, and I've been listening for a few weeks now. I listen to podcasts between sites for work. And anyway, I got to get off my ass this morning and go feed and water. Y'all have a good one, and if y'all ever come down and do some fishing or hunting, give me a holler. Oh my god, that's so nice. I didn't even see this. What a pleasant surprise. Thank you, Chris. Okay. And then there was another one. Yeah. I was trying to pull that up. Actually, I mean, it's probably better on my phone. My computer's being a little wonky. Uh, let's see here. podcast. James Major. He goes. Oh, yeah. James. Jimmy Bear. Love the show, guys. Keep it up per your request. Thank you for emailing. Yeah. And thank you for anyone who sent me all these birthday things. You guys are amazing. Um, and thank you for that if you hear Oh, wait. This. You got birthday things? What? How are you getting these secret messages and, and birthday greetings? I have I have an email that you can't read. I have one email address that you can't see. All uh, the other email addresses you can see, but one of them you can't. I do. An, Mike, I am also want to announce that I do another podcast now. Uh, on we, It's live on pride48.com on uh, Tuesdays at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, where myself... Uh, Daniel Brewer from um, Dubious Intent Plus and Ms. Donna Sugars from Cocktails and Cream Puffs. We do a RuPaul's Drag Race recap. We do it every week live, but it also comes out on iTunes. You can download RuPaul's Drag Race recap on iTunes and um, or anywhere you get your uh, podcast. Please listen to the show. Leave us a review. Uh, I hope you really like it. Um, it was really good, too. I was uh, not sure if I would have enjoyed it because I don't really love recap shows like that, but I like all you guys a lot, and I thought the show was good. All right, thank you. Uh, for me, next week, I'm going to lunch with uh, Adam Della Pena. We're going to the Magic Castle on Friday. Um, Mercedes, we're celebrating her birthday on Friday. And next Sunday, Paul and I, we're, we're in a play mood. Um, my friend Buck, uh, he's a producer at this theater company in Orange County, and they've put on a very well-regarded, critically acclaimed uh, production of Carrie the Musical. Mike, do you know Carrie the Musical? Yeah, it was here about a year ago. Oh, really? Have you seen it? No, uh-uh. It's uh, ignominious for uh, being like the quickest play to ever close on Broadway. I think it only did one performance, and then it immediately closed. I'm sure Scott the Seder will correct me on how many performances it did. But uh, yeah, so they, they put up a production here at the La Mirada uh, Theater for the Performing Arts, and... Uh, it's been gotten amazing reviews. So Paul and I are going to go see that next Sunday. What are you doing next week? Cool. Well, two things. Um, one, I wanted to tell everybody that Joe and I, Joe's a special guest on What Some Will Call Lies. So if you need more Joe, you should come check out What Some Will Call Lies, available at whatsomewillcalllies.com. And it's episode 124. Would be funny if I still don't even listen to that episode. You probably won't. It's episode 125 of What Some Will Call Lies. Um, and then also, Joey, next weekend I'm going to be in Monterey um, doing a, I'm, I'm my roommate Mario's date for this event. Um, it's a fundraising event for the Boys and Girls Club there. And so I'm going along just because it's free food and a good time. Um, and that's that. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, it was nice catching up with you, Joey. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com 
or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.